Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. going to be moving into the next few weeks. What I'm hearing from the Lord is preparing for personal revival and a holy visitation. I, I, it's hard to describe. If you've ever, how many have ever experienced the gift of faith? You know, where it's like in one moment, you feel like you can't brush your teeth, and the next moment, you feel like you could rip the head off of a lion. That's what I feel about this. I, I, I feel the strength of the Lord, the jealousy of the Lord to release personal revival that will lead to a holy visitation. And so I feel like in these next weeks, as we're going to be, we're going to be hitting into some things that, um, well, here's my encouragement. Are we able to position ourselves to have honest exchange with the Lord? Because that's what he's looking for. Ultimately, that's what he's requiring in this season. And we're going to hit on a few things that he's revealed to me that have in many ways crippled the body of Christ and hindered things from moving forward that should have been moving forward already. And so what I'm sharing with you right now, it's not just for this house. So I don't want you to hear this as a word just for Ehop, although Ehop is not excluded. You know, it is, start here, God, amen? Start in my heart, God. But I feel like this is a word for this region, and I feel like we're going to deal with something here today near the end after we lean into uh, what the Lord's wanting to release here. So I'm going to preface this by saying, moved here, landed here on June 24th, 2008, John the Baptist Day. Who knew? And uh, it's interesting because I had an encounter on the West Coast with some prophets. Stacy Campbell was there and a few others. And during this time of seeking the face of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and honestly, only a couple of times I felt this kind of strength come on me to release what was being released. And he said, I'm coming to this nation, and I'm coming to my church with the sword of my mouth, and I'm coming for the head of Jezebel. And he said, there is one head to my church. So this is not Kirk's doing this. 
that was the word of the Lord, him declaring that I am going to come to this nation and I am going to deal with this spirit. Now, some of you are like, what the heck is Jezebel? <laughs> you know, and that's a whole nother, <laughs> it would take some time to unpack that. But we're, you know, it, it speaks in the scriptures about uh, powers in, in Ephesians. It speaks about powers. So there's demons, there's the demonic, and then there's uh, powers of darkness, and then there's principalities. And so there's wicked spirits, I'll call it, at work that look to enslave nations, that look to blind the hearts of people from receiving the light and the glory of the gospel. And so that's what we're talking about. So we get that word, and then uh, Stacy Campbell's assistant, she gets up and said she just went into an open vision, and she saw the head of John the Baptist. Now, they didn't even know I was moving here uh, they, in this meeting. Uh, it said, I saw the head of John the Baptist being lifted off the platter. So, some of you that, you know, you read your Bibles, you understand what that means. Lifted off the platter and put back onto John the Baptist. St. John is named after John the Baptist, by the way. Um, and the head of Jezebel being put on the platter. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I am coming to this nation to do this. And so the body of Christ does not have two heads. It's not a two-headed beast. There's only one head to the body of Christ, and it is Jesus Christ himself. Can I get an amen? And so there are powers at work. And so when we landed here, it's been 12 years-ish, maybe 13 or something like that. But I'm telling you, when we landed in here and started navigating and discerning just the land and what's been operating and wow, I'll tell you, there are some things we're going to deal with in the next couple of weeks that are going to put the finger on some things to address in the spirit so that breakthrough comes because I'm telling you, the church, what could have been from the 90s, I'll say, the outpouring of the Spirit, what could have, it, it was meant to carry on. Do you realize that? It was meant to go from glory to glory, and yet it was blown apart how God was moving because these spirits got in. and. There's one Jezebel, but I'm, I'm specifically, what I'm talking about is Leviathan, okay? I could go on about just encounters and stuff like that, about, you know, seeing it, operating, dealing with it, all of that stuff. You know, and I don't mean encounters that I like. Encounters meaning where I'm being buffeted by the Spirit. But what's happened with this Spirit operating in this region is it's just blown churches apart, divided them, ripped them apart, accusations, rebellion, uh, offense. And it's the same spirit that I actually encountered while in Kelowna, which is where jo Bob Jones talked about the eagle's nest, one of the eagle's nests in the Northwest. And it's the same spirit because Bob Jones, which I shared maybe about a year and a half ago, some of you weren't here, 
But in a nutshell, Bob Jones brought the word to this eagle's nest, this big, you know, prophetic church. Like the strength is, uh, of this church was incredible uh, as far as the spirit of prophecy resting on it. Um, but he brought this word and he said, your biggest issue, you know, is learning to love. And he said, the, the issue is easily offended. So easily, meaning your buttons are pushed in a second. You know, so it's offense and the spirit of rejection. And he said, that, he said this, every spirit will have to overcome this. Uh, uh, sorry, every prophet will have to overcome the spirit of rejection. But I would say every person needs to be able to overcome the spirit of rejection that is so easily offended. And I could go probably through history with different churches and all of that. That's not the point of what I'm going to do. Uh, but the point is this spirit has been operating in the land where whether it's through verbal, somebody says something, and then it, but it lands with a fence and a sting and it wounds the person because there's a demonic spirit at work when really what they said wasn't wound-worthy. I'll just put it that way. You know, like, there's, there's no way I should be wounded by that word, but why is, it, why is it stung so deeply? Why has it, why has the poison gained access to my heart? Why do I find myself becoming bitter about that person or a, I'm holding on to anger. Do you get what I'm saying? And so that has been operating here, not to mention the, uh, the kicking of those that God has put in place as leaders in this region over the years, where they've in a lot of ways have been just literally driven out of their calling. Do you know today there is the, 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 uh, the number of leaders leaving ministry is in the droves. Like, like never before in history, it's like, yeah, I'm done with it. I get me out of here. Why? Because lawlessness is in the church. So I'm not even talking about out there where it's really apparent. We're not even going to talk about out there in the world. We're going to talk about within the heart of the church, within me, within you. That's what we're going to talk about right now. And you're like, well, that's not very fun. Well, too bad. You know, it's it, because... If a father really loves you, this is scripture now, okay? If a father really loves you, you will be disciplined by him. And what that means, you know, is you will be trained by him. Love is investing in you and training you. No, but I just don't want to look at my wounds and my pain, and it's everybody else's fault. And, he, and he's like, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna, to rip that, you know, old band-aid off 
and we're going to get into that infection, and I'm going to suck out the poison out of you that has been defiling not only you, but everybody around you, because it's this, it's a root of bitterness that has gained access. And I'm going to pull it out of you so that you're free. How amazing, huh? Like, it's like, no, no, just do it, you know, like that quick little yapple-dapple. It's like, that's not the way I roll. <laughs> you know, we're go- I want you, I need your agreement to walk with me and your willingness to allow me to gain access to your heart because he's not forcing anybody. But this is what he's doing. You have opportunity to come into a line and agree with what he's doing or dismiss it. But it's to your demise. It's to your ruin. He's not, he's moving, he's doing it anyway. So it's by fewer or by many, he is going to advance his kingdom. Amen? And so I think it serves us well to be able to come into alignment and just say as a son, as a daughter, to say, here's my heart, God. Please let your word gain access to my heart so that you can have everything that I, I actually already committed to you. <laughs> you know, I gave you my life, you know. I, I, I gave you all of my heart. At least I said it probably a whole bunch of times. But this is where the rubber hits the road. So, this is where we're going. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, this is exciting. <laughs> We're preparing for personal revival, personal revival, personal revival, and a holy visitation. So here's an example of some of the disguises. I call these disguises of the spirit of lawlessness in the heart operating in the heart of the church. So this is, and even specifically, it can definitely go towards one another, but this is towards leadership in the church. And you're like, well, isn't this convenient? You're the pastor. And it's like, yeah, it is, actually. Um, But this is a pastor. If I pulled up my shirt, you would see plenty of scars on my back. And I'm not joking about that. I know what it is to be wounded by this thing. And so... I know what it is to have that thing, the spirit you're dealing with. It's not flesh and blood, but it operates. And I know what it is again and again to almost be taken out by the spirit. I'm telling you, beloved, it is one nasty, foul, ugly spirit that at times you're scratching for the surface to breathe to get some air so I've let's just say had my journey as a leader of walking and confronting and dealing with this thing and also kicking the thing in the teeth as well you know kicking it in the mouth and shutting it up but I'm telling you it, it, it's, it's been legitimate warfare and I know I know right now just looking I know there's wounds right here in this room right now where you're still carrying the wounds. You don't want to, but you're still carrying the wounds and the stings of this. But the good news is Papa God, who's a good God, wants to heal us. Amen? 
It's time to be healed. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to be healed. There's a time of healing. So here's some of the excuses, or not the excuses, disguises. Well, pastor, I'm just concerned for the people. I just don't want anything to happen to the people at our church. The pastor's lazy. He's full of pride. He's too soft. He's too hard. He doesn't really care. Oh, if he only had a shepherd's heart. You'll be brainwashed if you stay there. All he wants is your money. I'm stepping on something. He's, you know what? He's just not spiritual enough. I've had that with looks. People have just looked me in the face like that elitist prophet. And it's like, I just like, I'm not tuned into what's going on. And I just like, are you kidding me? Like this thing's, are you for real? But I, I recognize it's a spirit at work. But it's like, not spiritual enough? It's, anyway. Woo, um, it's going to be fun. Uh, He has a a spirit of control. He just needs to control everything. It's the pastor's fault. He's just not a leader. It's so funny. Take a look at scripture, Moses and I can't talk, talk, I stutter. Yeah, I'm going to use you to literally deliver a nation. I'm, I'm going to release my glory. I'm going to lead a whole nation, millions. You know, I'm going to lead. But me, I can't speak. Yeah, I'm going to use you. What qualifies one? I say the blood of Jesus does. It's a one-man show. Have you ever heard any of those? I want hands. Have you ever heard any of those? Have you ever said any of those? You don't have to lift your hand. (laughs) I have. I have. Ashamed to say. I have. The problem is all of these disguises are wrong, every one of them. It is the spirit of lawlessness operating in the heart of the church. We think we are covertly doing God a favor by challenging and undermining the authority God has put over us. I'm going to qualify this before I go any further. It's like I, what I'm, I'm not saying, if you have a leader in sin or there's something that there's not a way, you know, to go and approach it in a godly way, you know, first go by yourself. If nothing that feels ineffective, grab somebody, you know, else and go. There's a, there's a way to approach it 
that is godly. So it's not saying there's no way to um, deal with an issue or something like that. Like there, there needs to be accountability. But I'm talking about something completely different. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me hear an amen. All right. So the attack against God's appointed authority in the church, either direct or indirect, innuendos or under the guise of, I'm just getting counsel from others. Oh, man. The times that I've heard this. I'm just getting counsel from others. I'm telling you, it's lawlessness. Counsel is one or two people, and those one or two people, if it's a if it's about a leader or if it's that significant of an issue, go to the spiritually mature. Go to one of the other elders. Go to, you know what I mean? Like, go to somebody that is, there's a, a proven maturity and an authority to actually work through the issue. Rather than, you know, well, let's see, he's, Here's, here's what I've heard before. I, w I, I was just getting counsel. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to approach you. What do you mean you didn't know how to approach me? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm speaking on behalf of many leaders. So this is not just, you, you got to keep that in mind. Like, I'm talking macro here in this region. It's like, what do you mean? How many people did you talk to? Just one or two. Why have 25 come to me? Or how about this one? This one's for free. Well, we were just discerning together. Oh, how incredibly spiritual of you. You know, it's... it's it's disguises. It's disguises. It is not counsel. And the only person you are fooling is you. It's gossip. It's manipulation. It's control. And it's slander. James actually calls it every evil thing. This would be maligning. Definition of maligning. The intent to cast a derogatory light on an individual through voice inflection or body language. But well, we all know the pastor, he just needs some serious help. So why don't we get together for coffee? We'll get a little group going, maybe a little private Facebook group, and we'll discuss the issues of the pastor. Yeah. I'm playing with this, but this is so real. This is so real. And it's a spirit that I'm talking about. The spirit of lawlessness gaining access into the heart of the bride. You know, there's going to be, there will be those that have a form of power, but they're completely off the rails. Yes, they've been going to church for years. Operating with power, but they're completely off the rails. I mean, they're in real danger. You got your Bibles with you if you want, or you can just take it down. 
Matthew 7, 21 to 23. The one that everybody's excited to skip over. There's more to being a Christian than just saying we are. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that's an emphatic, Lord, Lord, like you are, you are my God, Lord. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's the one who will enter in. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name, cast out demons, and done many wonders in your name? And this is Jesus speaking. I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who, listen to this, practice lawlessness. That's it. It's important that you catch that word, practice. You who are continually practicing lawlessness and because of whether it's strongholds or whatever, but you're under the influence, maybe it's because you're, you're operating in power. You have gifts that are irrevocable and, and you're operating and function and prophesying and healing and all of that. This is Jesus talking. This is not Kirk. This is not my opinion. This is just word. And so my encouragement for you is we have to be able to grapple with what he's saying in all of Scripture. Amen? Not just key parts. And this is not a... I'm not trying to stir fear. And I love the joy and the wine probably more than anybody else here. I love the joy. But I know we need to be able to have the sobriety to grapple with these that releases the greater wine. Does that make sense? You know, there's going to be many who just say, well, man, I'm doing the stuff. God really loves me. And it's true. He does love you. But it's like, it's like permission granted. I've given myself permission to continue to, you know, just operate and live in a place of lawlessness. And it's all under the blood, right? You know, I mean, there's so many messages. It's all under the grace. It's all under the blood. And it's like, woohoo. And I can just be screwing around here or, sorry, excuse the language, but but it's just, or I can be doing this or that, and it's like God is doing this. I got you covered, you know? And it's like, it's not true. It's not true. If you're practicing lawlessness, you are not covered. <laughs> if I practice it, I'm not covered. And... What he's implying here, and especially if you take it into context, I don't have time to unpack that, but read the whole chapter. He's literally saying, you who practice lawlessness, depart from me, I never knew you. He's saying, you've chosen to go to hell. You've chosen your way. You're saying your way is what you really want. And I'm telling you, there are strongholds that need to come down to into our, in our minds because a stronghold is blindness. It means we're blind to a truth, meaning I'm so fixed in this way of thinking in my mind that I give no room for access to think, oh, maybe I do have a blind spot. 
maybe there's an area of my life that I could use somebody to speak into, some counsel that would actually help me become more like Christ. Who wants to be like Jesus here? Amen. Amen. It's becoming, he's transforming every one of us who want to be transformed. Uh, Matthew 23, 28 says, Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. I'm just reminding us, I'm talking, I'm addressing a spirit in the region, okay? So just, there is a personal account here, but, but we're going after something. The Lord is going after this. I know he is. Romans 6, 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So if you practice lawlessness, guess what it's going to do? It's going to lead to more lawlessness. And lawlessness, you can say wickedness or rebellion. So if you're choosing to practice it, it's going to lead to more. It's, it's just, but if you, here's the good news. If you practice righteousness, you're going to be able to do it a whole lot easier. It goes the other way too, but we're, the Lord's just putting his finger on this right now. And so that's why we're going fast and hard to it. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Here's the mystery, is we don't know what's operating within us. The mystery of lawlessness operating within you. How many of you have ever been, I'm wholehearted. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself to him, and, you know, it's like things are awesome, and, you know, it's, I'm just fully alive in him. All the, and then suddenly he just goes, um here for a sec. I'm going to work on this in your heart right now. And you didn't even see it until he revealed it to you. It's like, oh God. I'm not going to candy coat this. This is actually rebellion and unsubmissive to you. Like it's, it's, it's not like, you know, it's like this is my area. I'll let you into this and this, but I'm not letting you into this. I'm telling you the, the mystery of lawlessness that is work at work in the heart of humanity, but in the heart of the church. And hence, this is why we have what's called the sanctification process for those who want to be trained. But for those playing the game where they're really you know, on the outside, it's like, oh, no, I'm fully submitted. But inside, you have all kinds of areas that you're just saying, nope, access denied, God. Well, you're going to have to grapple with that, with him, because he says some things about it. But it's a mystery because there's, there's how many know there, there, there's just things operating in our hearts that we're not tuned into? Can you believe that? So I'm, a, I'm actually asking this question to you. Can you 
come to the place of believing that there's areas of your heart that are lawless or rebellious to him that you're maybe not aware of yet. And if you're struggling even to embrace that, then I'm telling you, you have a stronghold and you need to get get it torn down. You need to start asking God to tear down that stronghold because you've arrived. Oh, pastor, take it easy on us. I believe me, I've been under the surgeon's knife, but I'm grateful. 1 John 3, 4, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And here's, like honestly, this is scripture that I think will be helpful for you. It was helpful for me. Preach the message out of it. It's Hebrews 1.9, but it is a quote out of Psalm 45, and it's a messianic psalm about Jesus himself. And it says this about Jesus. So if you want to be like Jesus, just listen to this. You have loved righteousness, but not only that, you have hated lawlessness. So it's loving righteousness and hating lawlessness. And it says because of this, because this is who Jesus is, the Father says, I'm going to anoint you with the oil of gladness, of joy, more than any other. Because of this. Wow. That's awesome, Kirk. Seriously. So he's saying, based upon this, your love for righteousness and your hatred for lawlessness within your heart, I am going to so anoint you. It's, and and here's the, think about this. He says, more than all of your companions. So the father, picture this. The father is wanting to distinguish his son as a model for all of us. Therefore, he's going to be anointed with the oil of gladness more than all. So we're all going to see that he's anointed with a greater anointing. And what is that anointing that's going to set him apart as holy? Holy is actually, it translates as joy. Do do you get that? The one who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who loves righteousness, hates wickedness, is the most joyful person all around. Oh God, let that land. Do the math. Like it's, you're saying, so this and this brings me in to encounter the joy, eternal glory, like, and anointed with the oil of gladness more than all of his companions. Jesus is the Christ, so he was anointed. This Christ anointing was joy. And what does the anointing do? What's the function of the anointing? It breaks yokes. It shatters bondages and slavery. To what? To lawlessness, to wickedness, to darkness. It's, it's what cuts us loose and comes on us 
to cut others loose. Who wants to see people cut loose? I have lots of people in my heart that I want to see cut loose in my family and, you know, friends. Like, there's a lot of people I want to see cut loose. Well, if I really want to operate in the anointing like Jesus, if I really want to be like Jesus, I'm going to love righteousness, hate wickedness, and I'm going to receive an anointing that is powerful to break the bonds. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. A true anointing comes, not for a moment, but it comes and it remains when your character is strong enough and the fruit of his spirit is present. Who, want to be a, who wants to be fruitful? I want to be fruitful. I want the good fruit. I don't want just good and bad. I want good fruit. Your private victories, meaning in your inner world, form the firm foundation that can withstand the weight of public victory. I'm going to say that again. Your private victories, when no one else is around, form the firm foundation that uh, can withstand the weight of public victory. Ask this question. If he anointed me with such an anointing that I walk into the hospitals and they literally just clear out, everybody gets healed. Like literally everybody. There's not one left. What do you think is going to be the effect of that? Do you think maybe there's going to be news? There's going to be like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes with that victory. Outward victory, right? You're clearing hospitals. You're going to have a lineup. You're going to have to hide your address so you don't have a lineup, you know, that goes for miles because people need to be healed. There's desperation. Oh, if I could just have the anxiety broken off. Oh, if I could just have this bipolar thing broken. Like, come on. You're going to have a lineup. Can you handle that are you able to handle that kind of a thing? If you haven't dealt with the things in private, you, you, you don't want that. It'll destroy you. It'll destroy you. you. You will not be able to handle it unless you deal with the things in private that need to be dealt with. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21 but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, here it is. What's it there for? If anyone cleanses himself from the dishonor, the latter, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Oh, hold it. That means I have responsibility? Y you mean I have to do something? Lord, I thought you did it all. Yeah, I did. And I'm inviting you to come in and partner with me. All I'm looking for is your agreement to cleanse yourself, to come out of the, the swamp, come out of the mess, whatever it is that you're in. 
like I'm literally just trying to answer the prayers you've been praying. You know, transform me. <laughs> I'm actually trying to answer those for you. But I'm not going to do it apart from you. And it's foolishness for me to think that I am going to be a sanctified vessel without any being oblivious to what he's doing in my life and how he's leading me. This is why those who walk in the Spirit, you know, uh, those, those who walk in the Spirit, uh, move in the Spirit, I'm wanting to say, if you, walk in the, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. That's what I'm looking to say. Um, like he's saying, I want leadership in your life. I want to bring you into the fullness. Do you really want that? Let me address the spirit of lawlessness. There's a lot of things that God is initiating, but we're not listening to. Again, in the region. What happens to those who did slanderous acts against leadership in Scripture? Well, they got hurt. It wasn't a good thing. And it's because they reviled authority. See, we, we somehow have come to the place where we, we don't understand the kingdom because we're so entrenched in the political system. You may disagree with me. It's up to you. I think we're so entrenched in the political system that we don't understand how a kingdom works. And when King Jesus says, I'm going to put this one in care over here and this steward over here and this steward over here, and he's going to serve the people in this area, and we reject him or her, and just like, and it's like, you understand, you just did that to Jesus. In a kingdom, if an ambassador is in a different nation representing Canada, if they speak, it's as if the prime minister and the nation has spoken. Governmental authority. And so if we reject and kick against the authority that's over us, that's meant to serve us, because we know that the leadership in the kingdom is not a lording over, it's actually a coming under and it's a serving. But if you kick them, you're, it's like kicking the head, Christ himself, in the face and saying, I reject your authority. I know better. I'm discerning. I'm prophetic. I'm very gifted. Beloved, it's real. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've experienced it. I felt the wounds of it. I've seen it with others. It's, it's heartbreaking, honestly, to see that spirit functioning. Second Peter 2.9, Then the Lord, uh, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. 
and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Second Peter 2, 9. You can read it for yourselves. The tone of the tongue sets the direction of the church for good or for evil, even of one's life. James 3 says we curse men, and it's like we curse men that, and it's like saying this, that God, uh, we curse men that God made as though he didn't know what he was making. It's as though he didn't know he put that shepherd there or that leader there or like, we're like, clearly you missed it here, God, by putting this one here. And it's like, well, you're going to have some interesting conversations with Jesus. It's a spirit at work within the church. skip that just for the sake of time and so here's a correct approach is 1st Timothy 315 it says but if I am delayed I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God which is the church of the living God the pillar and the ground of the truth and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness so we have a mystery of lawlessness and a mystery of godliness but he says, great is a mystery of godliness, and here's a mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. The reality is some will depart from the faith, that's very clear in scripture, to deceiving spirits. It is the mystery of lawlessness, doctrine of demons, and having their conscience seared. And what that looks like is you may have been able to in one season of your life hear the voice of the Lord so clearly. Maybe you're just dreaming all the time and visions and all of that. And then little by little, you heard him like this, I love you. Yes, I love you. I love you. And you just don't hear it anymore because your heart's been seared. It's not because he stopped saying, I love you. It's because you've allowed your heart to be seared and hardened. This is what lawlessness will do. 1 Timothy 5.19, And do not receive an accusation against, the elder, against an elder except from two or three witnesses. You know, and obviously that's speaking if those things be true. Um, you know, the context here in Timothy 5 is he's, he's talking about this and how we actually relate to one another. So it's not just about leaders. It's actually how we interact with one another. It talks about correcting a, an older man. It talks about how you treat a, you know, somebody senior to you in the body of Christ. Like treat her as a mother. Treat this one as a sister. Treat this one, you know. He's saying this is how love functions. This is how love flows. Matthew 18, it's about 
really it's about being reconciled. And we want to be operating and function under the authority that Christ has for us. But that's going to come. Because you can operate with power and still resist his government and his leadership. Um, But it's not good. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive to them uh, for they watch out over your souls. And that's, I feel like we missed that in this region. You know, it's like, do we get that? Like, like these people who, whoever they are in pastoral or, or leading groups, you know, uh, of believers and followers of Christ, that the calling on them is they're going to have to give account to Jesus for how they cared for your soul. And yet it, we feel like we need to jump in between that and somehow, you know, give them an adjustment. It's like Jesus is really able to bring the adjustments to the shepherds. I assure you, he's like, trust me, it's like, your opi- I love you, but your opinion means diddly. Like, it means nothing to me because I know I'm going to look in the eyes of Jesus face to face alone. You're not going to be there to say, you know, I'm going to say, oh, well, she said or he said. And it's like, no, no, no. This is you and me, son. We're going to have a conversation. And those things you didn't want to talk about then, I'm talking about right now. But if you talk about them then, then we won't have to have that conversation now. That's, so, your opinion of me? Whoop-de-doo. You know, it's like, like I have to give account to him. Yeah, oof, anyway. It's, uh, it's a sobering thing. It should it's it's intended to put the fear of the Lord in us. Um, so here's I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this: is we must become like this is not shelling, okay? This is it. We must become David's to our souls. We must become Davids to our souls and not Absaloms to our Davids. And if you don't know the story, ask somebody next to you after service. And so I'm going to say this is I have voiced, ashamed to say, against leaders in the past where I said they were as souls. I believe they were as souls. And that I was a David.
all the while realizing as the Lord opened my heart and gave me understanding that I was operating as an Absalom and they were in fact David's. David had have any deficiencies, any weaknesses. Yeah, he's on a journey like all of us, right? I've been in that place. And it's like, and I'm sharing this with you to give permission to you. Allow, if it's true, you don't have to own it if it's not true. Just praise God that it didn't have access to but don't just bypass it. Have the conversation with the Lord regarding it. Because it's a huge deal. And there's many fractions and many divisions in the body of Christ. We're wondering, like, where is the authority? Where is the glory? Where is, you know, we're asking all of these questions. It's like, oh. And it's like, I don't think God is just holding it up. He's begrudgingly. I think he's just saying, who's willing to have the conversation with me so that I can free you up and position you to steward the revelation of who I am with power and with glory? Who's willing to go there with me? If Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered, do you think maybe we could learn some obedience? Just me. This is where it begins, beloved. Because it's out of relationship with Jesus. And this is where the fruit starts in our lives. So here's what I'm going to do right now. We're closing up. I'm going to ask for communion to be handed out. But while I'm doing that, I'm just going to give you, because some of you may not have insight with regards to the Leviathan spirit, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of understanding of, again, this isn't... uh, you're bad or you bad or you know what a fault finding kind of thing this is exposing what we've been dealing with in this region and I would say in the nation because I've seen it operate on the west coast as well but if if we could pass out I don't know who's going to be passing out the elements but if we could pass those out while I'm sharing here um, a leviathan spirit It is likened to a crocodile or a sea monster or a crooked serpent. And this is in the Bible, by the way. Uh, um, A many-headed, fire-breathing dragon, a spiritual symbol of demonic power. It It has affected people and brought great depression. And it is a robber of your joy. It It looks to steal your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It looks to rob that from you. It twists things and bends things. Leviathan comes in and out by agreement with leadership in the church, and this can operate in business as well. Okay, listen to this. It works through the mouth. Okay? If there's one thing to hear, it works through the mouth. And it is empowered by lies accusations, criticism, fault-finding, slander. The attack feels 
like a mis, uh, like misspoken about, belittled, marginalized, the weight of words and criticisms, a critical spirit. It marks you with a wounding so healing is actually needed. It breaks and distorts communication. I've seen this and experienced it. We're talking the spoken word, one to another. I say something to you, totally love you, was saying something to you, and you just heard it as rejection or, or belittling when it's like not at all the spirit that I spoke it in, but it, this is where the, this enemy gets in and he twists the words. I said it one way, but he twists it, and when it lands, it's received as something completely different, and it's got a sting to it, and not only a sting, but a wound that needs to be healed. As it is called, the king of the children of pride. As we repent, it makes space for the healing from the wounding uh, from it uh, as we repent and renounce partnership with it. So it's not only coming from somebody else, but where we've partnered with it. And it comes through, it's released through our speech. But out of the overflow of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. And so it's really an issue of the heart. So we deal, go after the issue of the heart, and we exercise governing our speech. So as a prophetic community, like, do you know how powerful you are is the question. Do you know just those random words of sarcasm, how powerful they are? Or the random words of kindness that actually are exploding with life. Your words are powerful. And God's made us that way. So we repent and renounce for partnership with it. And we then have authority over it. Here's the key. If you've been around for a couple of years, you would have heard this again and again and again. It was out of a dream that I had, but it's... This is how you beat this king of pride. It's by actually functioning in humility. Humility is the game changer. Not your strength, not your mustering up, not your, it's humility will win. Humility is how you deal with it. We must bring it into the light. It is a spirit of prayerlessness and shuts down zeal for God. So you find yourself struggling even just to pray or like your zeal, you know, like your, your spiritual oomph is, is depleted. We need to start visiting and looking at why is that going on? It's not, it's not random. We need to be a people of the Spirit. Here's the types of partnership with Leviathan. So I want you to put yourself in this of, of I always, and am, I'm always easily offended. It seems like I'm always jealous or envious. I think only about myself. I talk only about myself. I trust no one. Always remember 
uh, any criticism that's come my way, I always remember it. That never leaves. I always expect to be appreciated. I'm, I'm suspicious of everybody and everything around me. I look for faults in others. It's really, it's a gift I have. Uh, get out of serving. I get out of serving if I can. I do as little as possible for others. I never forget where I've, where I've given service. Do you remember when I washed those toilets two weeks ago? What about six months ago? Do you remember? Like, I really did a good job on that bathroom. It's, yeah. I sulk if people aren't grateful for me. I insist on consideration and respect. I demand agreement with your views. Meaning, I, I demand agreement with my views is what it's saying. It's like you, and if you don't agree with me, then clearly you're wrong. I always look good. Uh, selfish at all times. Self-preservation uh, and rely on my own strength. I go it alone or do it myself. And uh, trouble uh, of being accepted. So I'm going to touch on those. What I'd like to do is lead us in a prayer. As we do that, then we can look at taking communion together. So for the sake of, I'm just going to ask you with your voice where you're at. I'm going to say part of the prayer. You just say it where you're at. It doesn't have to be great and loud. What I'm looking for is the hard agreement, but let it come out of your lips. And what we're doing is we're repenting. We're, we're breaking. We're humbling ourselves before the Lord right now, and we're we're breaking agreement with the spirit of lawlessness. And we're breaking agreement where, where, where we open the door, even unconsciously, but we, but we know after this conversation, we know, yeah, I've let access to that spirit operate and function through me. And some of you will be, I've been wounded by that spirit. If you've been wounded by that spirit, you've most likely also been influenced by that spirit to be used by that spirit. Because you usually react out of a wound and start functioning out of a wound, and you don't even know it. So it's just cover the basis. It's really both. Um, and I want to walk through repentance of this, break agreement with it, and then we're going to take communion together. This is such a word, like this is meat <laughs> today. And I believe this is a word, uh, not just for us, so it is for us, but for the whole nation. I actually had a vision last week um, or the week before I shared it with Kirk where I saw the <clears throat> flag of Canada and I saw all these black mold spots starting to um, emerge and start to expand. You know, like when you get a little bit of black mold in an area, and you don't cut that piece out quick. Like black mold is one of the things that spreads the quickest. 
And I felt like the Lord said that this was um, offense, which is directly connected with the Leviathan spirit and unforgiveness. And then this morning, I was sitting in the back and um, just a, a bunch of stuff. But one of the things I kept seeing over and over, and maybe some of you have as well, is I saw the word unforgiveness written in the spirit realm. And the two letters, un, U-N, were about twice the size of the rest of the word. And I felt like it was like a visual play on the word that you can't get to forgiveness if you don't get through unforgiveness. And, um, and I felt like the Lord said that, you know, in some of our lives, it's, there are big areas of unforgiveness that open the door to everything Kirk was talking about today. And the hard thing is that many of the areas where we hold unforgiveness is because somebody actually did something violating, unjust. And, um, and that can be the hard part is that we hold on to this unforgiveness that makes us susceptible to be used by this spirit of Leviathan because something legitimately was done to us. And I felt like the Lord said that even this morning, some of us in this room, we've had really hard, really abusive things that have happened to us. I, I felt like with spouses, with fathers, um, with friends and different things like that. And I felt like the Lord was giving a come up here moment. And because this word is so massive, this is the type of word that we all need to listen to, I think several times over. But I felt like the Lord said, as we go into communion, just to start with this one key within the context of what Kirk is gonna lead us in. And that's to really examine our hearts in the area of unforgiveness. Because the word actually says that if we take communion with any of this stuff in our heart, that we actually bring a judgment upon ourselves. It says that many of you are sick, many of you have fallen asleep, whether that's actually died or fallen asleep spiritually because of not properly discerning the body, not properly discerning one another in love, not properly discerning leadership. You know, and this is one of those like, man, like even if you don't feel anything, just ask the Lord, is there anything, you know? But some of us know that we're bound in unforgiveness towards our, our husband, towards our mother, towards our father, towards the boyfriend that abused us. And, um, and I feel like for some of us, we've literally held this unforgiveness, not because we wanted to, but just because the violation was so massive. And we've literally held it in some cases for 10, 20, 30 years, and it's become sediment in our soul that has been uh, created a barricade that we can't get past and also makes us susceptible to, to many of the things that Kirk was talking about. And so I felt like the Lord said that as we go into communion, whether big or small, that some of us actually probably shouldn't take communion until we make sure that we do the Bible, that we, that we make sure that, that if we have not properly discerned the body, if there are things around, if there are things in our hearts um, that would be an offense to the Lord, that we take time, because when we don't take time, we become callous and religious. So he says, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat and drink. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment upon themselves. 
And so just to say this, I felt, I saw the word unforgiveness. I kept seeing a vision of a small key. And the Lord was just saying, if each one of us will just simply say, God, is there anyone that I am holding unforgiveness in my heart towards? And even if I don't know how to get there, you know, I'm going to choose to forgive. For some, it's big, and for some, it's little foxes. For some, it's somebody who didn't say hi to you last Sunday. You know? Or who didn't invite you to, the, to be a part of their 10-person bubble. I don't know what it is, but some of it's big stuff, like assault, systematic abuse. Others is just the little stuff, but they both have the same impact, which is to open the door to the spirit of Leviathan cause us to not be able to discern the body because our hearts have become jaded in unforgiveness. And um, it's just exciting. We're getting free, all of us. All of us. And every single one of us probably has something the Lord's going to put his finger on right now. Thanks so much, Faithine. So why don't we, ta- why don't we do that right now? We'll just take a moment to... Uh examine ourselves and clearly it doesn't have to be completely finished here it's not the reality is it's not but there can be an authentic heart response right now that sets things in motion for our hearts and for our life journey with him where we break agreement with the spirit of lawlessness that we've been affected by and that we've you know affected others with by coming under its influences. so grateful for your word that it is a devil-edged sword that divides between soul and spirit and it helps us to discern the thoughts and the intents of our hearts without your word we cannot do that we're so grateful for your word in our lives So I'm going to pray this prayer of repentance and I just encourage you again to voice it. It doesn't have to be loud, but just that you're saying it with a heart, a spirit of agreement. In the name of Jesus, I repent for each and every time, knowingly and unknowingly, that I have partnered with Leviathan. I am sorry where I've partnered with accusation, with gossip, with criticism and pride, and where I have closed and hardened my heart. Lord, I repent and I ask for your forgiveness. And in Jesus' name, 
I break agreement with Leviathan and all its associated spirits. And I command them to leave me now. In Jesus' mighty name. Leviathan, you are gone. In Jesus' name. We break the hold over our lives and family. In Jesus' name. We loose the fire of God to burn out the roots and claws right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we unhook and cut off all manipulation, accusation, confusion, and twisted communications. We are loosed out of Leviathan and into the arms of Jesus. We wash our wounds clean by the blood of Jesus. Breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out the poison. We break every generational access in Jesus' name. We cut off the hand trying to reach through the generational door in Jesus' name. We are established in a spacious place in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we loose the healing power of God to kill the power of past accusations. In Jesus' name, we loose healing to our soul and our inner man and all effects of Leviathan. We loose the healing power of Jesus Christ. Come on, right now. Into every hurt and diminishing place within us. We loose the fire of God to burn out all darkness. We loose the redemptive power of Jesus and declare victory. We are in and one with God. Feel the outpouring right now. There's a pouring out. Wow. The whole atmosphere is shifted. Everything's clear. I can feel it, honestly. It's it's like breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. Just let it, let the healing grace 
you know, Lisa didn't even know, she's a seer, she didn't even know what I was going to be bringing here today or what really the Lord was. But upstairs in the pre-service prayer, she saw there was a pouring in of water and oil and wine, a pouring in, and that the sword of the Lord was coming. And I'm telling you right now, the sword of the Lord that cuts us loose and frees us, but also the sword of the Lord after this, cutting off the head of your enemy. Come on, cutting off the head of your enemy, spiritually speaking. King Jesus, I decree right now, based upon the finished work that you have done, you have accomplished through the cross, through your body that was broken, let healing be released now. Every heart, every soul, those on the streaming right now, Father, right now, healing, healing into mind, into the mind, the will, and the emotions. Into the soul right now, healing, be loosed. Into bodies, some of you have actually uh, been crippled up in your bodies because of this. Receive healing in your bodies now. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yeah. You know what? I'm just saying it's freedom, okay? Let deliverance happen. Let healing happen. You know, if my baby stumbles and falls and they're crying, I don't reject them because they're sobbing or because they're, you, you know what I mean? I draw them near and I hold them until it all goes. All the pain goes. All the hurt goes. That's what I do as a good father. Let him touch you now, please, for Christ's sake and for your own good. Just let him hold you. And it's like this is a safe place for an exchange right now. And you may not feel anything. That doesn't mean God is not doing things and it's and a real exchange is not taking place. You don't have to feel a thing for God to be doing. This is a real spiritual transaction taking place from a good father to his kids. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.